0: You are listening to The Ride In, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome everybody to The Ride In, DFS and betting podcast, the week two cash game review and Monday night showdown look ahead for the Lions at the Packers, this week in cash games, uh, cashed 88% of my head-to-head. So, I mean, just running hotter than the sun at this point. Uh, Week 1, 100% of head-to-heads. Week 2, 88% of head-to-heads. Really, really solid start. Sweeping double-ups, obviously, with those kind of head-to-head numbers. Really, really good start to the 2021 season. Let's take a look at my lineup first. I ended up on Justin Herbert at quarterback. I went a three running back build like I always will. I know as I was looking through lineups this week, um, four wide receiver build was kind of popular. Um, But I went three running backs, three mid-price running backs, and I'll get to why in a second. But it was Zeke, Najee Harris, Chris Carson. I almost want to throw up saying that um, after the fact, but ended up working out. Three wide receivers were Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Higby at tight end and the Eagles at defense. So the conundrum that I had to start the week was at quarterback. I ended up on Herbert uh, over Hurts and Dak. I just thought that Hurts' game script was going to be slow. Uh, you know, I saw that game as like a slog. I love Hurts, but you know the Niners run the ball. They're they're decent on defense. I didn't think that game was going to be a shootout. I thought they were going to control. The Niners were going to try to control the clock. And Herbert wouldn't have a ton of possessions. That kind of happened. Now, with excuse me, Hertz wouldn't have a ton of possessions. Now, with Herbert and Dak, um, I was originally on Dak. I originally had a Dak Kamara Waddle three v three that I swapped with Herbert Zeke and Keenan. That was at the that was about nine thirty. A report came out from Ian Rappaport that confirmed some of my biases for this week that the Cowboys were going to run the football. And he he specifically said Kellen Moore specifically said twenty plus touches for Zeke this week. Last week was an anomaly. We threw the ball on every play because we knew we couldn't run. And it was the only way we were going to beat the Bucks. That's not our offense. That's not our identity. Our identity. We're going back to Zeke. That was something that I was afraid of before he even said it. So it confirmed some biases for me, and I thought better of playing. Dak, so I I jammed Zeke in at sixty two hundred for twenty plus touches. Thought that was it was I didn't I didn't think it was great, but um, it was I liked the way I liked what happened with the rest of my lineup. I baked in and then it allowed me to bake in some upside in what I thought was going to be you know one of the higher scoring games of the week. This Chargers Cowboys. Uh, Game it allowed me to stack up Herbert and Keenan Allen. Don't always love to stack, especially guys that are both almost 7K, but with the projected game script, with how many targets Keenan gets in this offense from Herbert, I thought it was okay, and it ended up being pretty solid. Now the three running backs: Najee Harris, Chris Carson, Zeke Elliott, for a combined 18K, pretty much they were all like right around 6K. I thought that that was, um, you know, 60 touches pretty much for for 18K was huge. So I got those guys in there. It kind of pained me to not play Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. But it was very, I mean, the, the, the slate was very tough in general. I didn't love a bunch of pay down receivers. Like I didn't feel comfortable going in with, um, Cole Beasley, Hunter Renfro, Jalen Waddell, all those guys. I just felt way more comfortable with Zeke, Harris, Carson, Allen, Cup, Chase, rather than, you know, whatever it would have been. Like I would have had to play Cedric Wilson or Hunter Renfro if I was get, if I was trying to jam in Christian McCaffrey. And it just didn't feel right to me. I didn't feel comfortable with it. That's why I ended up with a pretty balanced lineup. Receiver, I mean... Keenan Allen basically sees 10 to 14 targets every game with Herbert, and he was pretty cheap. He was only flat 7K. Cooper Cup, he was my cover boy for the Core 4 article. On 4 for 4, I mean, I slotted him in within seconds of opening a cash game lineup. His price didn't jump at all, and he is, I mean, you you saw the usage in Week 1. He was literally just Stafford locking onto him. Knew it was going to happen again this week. So Cup was right in there. Kind of sucked out on Jamar Chase. He had like one catch until the one of the final drives, and he caught like a 60-yard touchdown, which put him from like two points to, you know, 15 or 16. So that's a little bit of a suck out. I'll agree there. But, you know, no one would say anything if that was the first play of the game. If that was the first play of the game, and then he didn't catch a pass the rest of the way, no one would care, no one would say anything. But because he had one point for the entirety of the game and then caught a cheapie at the end it's a big deal he sucked out whatever Higby I thought was the best play at tight end he obviously I mean if you look at his usage he pretty much ran a route on every one of Stafford's dropbacks. he played almost the whole game so process I feel like was right there um, but just didn't come to fruition I even had an extra hundred dollars to get up to Fant who outscored him by like 12 or 13 points that would have been an absolute smash Ola. Probably would have ended up winning 100% of my head-to-heads again this week if I played Fant instead of Higby. And then the Eagles defense was just the the cheapest defense that I felt comfortable with. Um, Some takeaways, a couple of things that I took away from uh, week two was that it's okay to go balanced. I'm normally a guy that likes to play, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, but um, if there aren't cheaper players to offset it. Like I didn't love any cheap tight ends, didn't love any real cheap receivers. It really was not worth it. Um and I feel like you have to look up look at the lineup as a whole in that instance. Um the other thing is I don't think in week two we can glean a lot from what happened in week one. Could very well just be one off weeks. Right? Like I know that Cooper Cup is a huge part of the offense. We've seen it for years. Um, I know that Zeke is capable of getting twenty targets and having a smash week. I know that Keenan Allen is going to get ten to fourteen targets in a, targets in a shootout, and be of value. Things that we didn't know that I that I probably almost got bit on. The first is Jamar Chase. I mean, they have three receivers there, three very good receivers. Chase is a rookie, uh, because he got the you know the most targets in week one. You know, I think everybody kind of locked on and assumed that that would be the case in week two. It obviously wasn't sucked out at the end, but obviously overreactions to what has happened in week one can really influence week two. And I think, you know, if if you talk to some people that lost in cash this week, it's because, you know, they kind of chased points from week one and that kind of bit them in the butt. Uh, but what can you do on to week three, hotter than the sun week one and two, Love it. Hopefully the streak continues. Uh, So for the Lions and the Packers tonight, you have to think that the Packers are just going to come out like absolute beasts and dominate the Lions, don't you think? I mean, they looked like fools uh, on the road in Jacksonville against the Saints. And, you know, that's just not Rodgers. That's just not Adams. Uh, This Detroit Lions defense is much worse than the Saints defense. So I could see, you know, I could see like, 15 for 140 and two for Adams tonight I love him in the captain spot Um, I do like a few cheap guys in the captain spot tonight Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a ton of usage in week one he could potentially get there in week two if he converts on some of those catches and I also think that Jamal Williams has like absolute smash potential tonight number one it's a revenge game but not even that Swift is going to play, but he's dealing with a groin injury. So that means that the ownership is probably going to be somewhat split half and half. And then if anything were to happen to Swift, and it was Jamal Williams' show for the entire game, like we're looking at 30 fantasy points at a pretty reasonable price. He'll probably be the optimal captain. Um so my strategy tonight is to get the either the Packers receivers or uh, Jamal Williams in my captain and then build around them obviously you want a lot of Aaron Rodgers when the Packers receivers are your captain I could even see Rodgers being a captain with uh, a bunch of Packers receiver receivers sprinkled in the flex but just make sure you're correlating around those captains and creating common sense builds like I always say though it's good to go a little bit contrarian you know throw the throw the Lions defense in case there's a pick six in there it's definitely okay to get a little weird. Um, some other one-offs that I like. Amandra St. Brown and Quintus Cephas on the Lions side, I think, are going to have big games in, as far as pass catchers go. So get those into your, you know, Detroit offense heavy lineups. A lot of times in a blowout, you know, like in a Packers blowout. Adams as the captain, um, Valdez Scantling and Aaron Rodgers in the flex and then you bring it back with some Detroit pass catchers hoping that you know in garbage time they're just racking up receptions maybe throw the Packers D in there or even the Lions D to get a little weird something like that and then you're on your way but I definitely recommend you build like between 20 and 150 lineups just so you can get a portfolio of players one game slate is absolutely wild there's so much variance you definitely need to take shots on those guys That are in the low low dollar ranges and it's hard to just pick one and just rely on them i love creating a portfolio of lineups with my favorite players and then just kind of sprinkling in the dart throws you know not really trying to project or predict what happens but just creating common sense lineups um, that have a chance of of really hitting a ceiling score that'll do it i'll be back on thursday with week three good luck in all of your dfs and betting contests